G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on my podcast, house.com or whatever you're listening to us on. Thank you for joining us. Tony Shebecki with you, my co-host Welshie and Lyle join me as well. Hello boys, Welshie, g'day. Very good day, Tony. How are you? I'm excellent, thank you, my friend. Having uh, a couple of days off for a long weekend is always a beautiful thing. Lyle, how did you spend yours? It wasn't a long weekend. Oh, it's yeah, Monday? It yeah, no, I didn't. <laughs> oh, lucky you. Oh, I worked I work Monday. Um, had today off. I had a personal day today. Uh, but no, it was enjoyable long weekend. Had a couple of beers with some mates on Saturday night. Watch some mm. good wrestling. I had I had Friday off too, which was good. Oh, now you're just rubbing it in, Tony. Yeah, very much. Because we all need a five day weekend. <laughs> so it's I'm been happening, boys. To, I'm looking forward to the two day weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the beauty of having a uh, public holiday on a Tuesday. It's only a couple of days until the next weekend. So exactly. Uh, of course, we are brought to you by the Australian Wrestling Network, our great friends there. And if you're looking for something to watch over the weekend or whenever it may be, then you need to get a subscription to the Australian Wrestling Network if you don't have one already. Because seriously, you will just find some absolute forgotten gems. Yeah, it's a really good mix of um, of the old and the new. So there's a lot of classic Australian wrestling, um, which sometimes doesn't get the credit the deserves for um, laying the foundation for what we're watching today. And then there's all of the new stuff as well. It's a, it's a smorgasbord. Yeah, it's regular getting updated. So it's always something new there to watch too. It's good, it's good just to have um, like, it's just good to have that location for like basically the history of Australian wrestling in one place. Like um, we're actually lucky. It's a, it's a really good resource and, and we're lucky to have it because like, you know, um, I can't imagine too many countries in the world that would have a database of wrestling like mm. is available. No, very, very true. Uh, good, uh, good interview last week, boys. Yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun with uh, your neighbours' alumni, uh, yes. Tony. Um, your name's still getting thrown around on set, I'm, I'm assuming. Well, I mean... Street. I, let's just be honest. When the the camera, like when the microphones turned off, Barry O'Leary was heard to exclaim, "Who the hell was that guy?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, looking yeah. forward to uh, getting to a PCW show. Poor um, Barry got a bit of Mad Dog action coming up, and I don't yeah. like his chances <laughs> of surviving that. No, he'll be fine. He'll Go. be fine. So who's, our, who's our interview this week? Um, we've got the chairman of the new um, Australian Wrestling Standards um, Committee. Is that what it's called? Australian Professional Wrestling Standards Committee. There you go. Um, we've got that guy coming on to answer some questions. It's fair to say, Tony, look, you're, you're the, the chairman of the Australian Professional Wrestling Standards Committee. It is fair Committee. to say, yes. Cool. Um, and... It's also fair to say that there's been a little bit of um, a little bit of concern among some of the wrestling promoters in Victoria about um, what it is and what it represents and um, what the scope of it is. Like, uh, there's a little bit of misinformation. There's also a little bit of um, genuine concern. So, what we want to do is take the opportunity to talk to you 
and put to you not just our own questions, but the questions that we've been getting and hearing from members of the Victorian wrestling community. Yep. And um and let you um let you know how people are feeling and and work out the best way to respond to it. Roger that. I'm uh, I'm up for it. So we should uh, we should clarify too that these questions were solicited by you to promoters. A lot of them were, yeah, and even fans, I think. In no, regards, it's just, it's just, been, just, just been just been promoters and a few people from within the industry. So okay, cool, because um, that's 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 the the audience you're going to need to to talk to to get this thing off the ground and get it where you want it to be. So that's who we went to 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 try and address the concerns. And let you know what people are thinking. Yep. Um, and then you can work out the best way to um, address some of those concerns. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, we introduced on the grid here that uh, on the grid on, on the turnbuckle. Sorry, on the grid. Not a, one. Not a good start. No, no it's not, not a good start, start at all. You're uh, here, so a couple of weeks ago on the turnbuckle, we introduced the fact that there was something like this looking at being set up, the Australian Wrestling Professional Standards Committee, and we spoke about it and and how that was going to look. And I think a lot of people from that point in time took that as being the official launch, where it was more of a sort of just to get the idea out there. And from that, there's been a lot of discussion about who's involved, what's involved, all that sort of stuff. So we're taking this opportunity today to try and set the record straight on some of those things. So, blokes, I'll throw it over to you. You've got all the questions, and we'll see if we can answer them the best we can. All right. What, what's the uh, what's the main aim of this whole uh, operation, Tony? What, yep. What's the yeah? What, what's the goal in setting out a big venture like this? Yep. So the goal is to future-proof wrestling here in Victoria and in initially and at the end of it around australia it's called the australian professional wrestling standards committee and the reason for that is we would love it to be an australia-wide thing at some point but it's got to start somewhere and at the moment it's going to start in victoria and all the victorian promotions will hopefully jump on board the the goal behind it is to try and secure wrestling's future here in victoria wrestling is probably at the best point it's ever been here in Australia, and especially Victoria, for a damn long time. We're really lucky to have the promotions that we have. We're really lucky to have the wrestlers that we have. And as fans of wrestling, the three of us and so many others out there, we get to see some amazing shows. But we know that, and we've seen it happen in the past, and while everyone's doing a fantastic job at the moment, there's likely to be down the track something happen, whether it be a rogue promoter, whether it be someone who doesn't care about the uh, the wrestling industry as much. They're just coming in to make a dollar out of it. So they try and do things on the cheap or whether it's just an absolute accident of something happening in the ring to a wrestler, which we hope never happens. But with the things that guys are doing nowadays, there's always that hanging around everyone's head. What we're trying to do as as a collective in the Australian Professional Wrestling Standards Committee is get all the promoters together to effectively set up a minimum set of standards that all promotions should abide by for safety for their promotion, of which all these promoters have a lot of money invested in. 
some hundreds of thousands of dollars, some thousands of dollars, but everyone has invested money into their promotion. Let's protect that. Two, let's protect the wrestlers and the conditions that they wrestle under to make sure that any opportunity for an accident is kept to an absolute minimum. And that's not to say that that's not happening now because it is the promotions are doing an amazing job with what they're doing out there now. But once again, this isn't set up for what's happening now. This is set up to protect the wrestling industry from what may happen in the future. And it's also to protect the, the public as well who come along. We want to make sure that every promotion's got public liability. So in case something happens to a member of the public, that they're covered, that the venues that they hire are covered and all that sort of stuff. So it's just a matter of wanting to get all the promotions together to agree on a minimum set of standards. That's it. It's nothing else. It's not to run promotions. It's not to tell wrestlers how much they should charge for their talent. It's not to tell promotions what pies they should buy. It's all about running minimum safety standards. Um, how did it come about? Like, what's the what's the the, the background? And how did yep. you get involved? So, quite easily, uh, we uh, I was hired by PCW to give a media training night to their younger wrestlers. So we did that. Spent an hour on Zoom having a chat to them on one of their training nights, which was fantastic. That went really well. At the end of the night, all the wrestlers went away and Rowdy and Tricky stayed online and we were just having a chat about how the night went, about you know wrestling restarting up, hopefully in a couple of months and all that sort of stuff. And at that point in time, Rowdy said to me, hey, I've got an idea that I'd like to run past you, get your thoughts on. Gave me the idea of the Australian Professional Wrestling Standards Committee for a guy that's been involved with wrestling for over 30 years. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic idea and an opportunity to get the promoters together in some form, which has been extremely difficult to do in the past, not just here in Australia, but everywhere in the world. I think everyone cherishes their territory and doesn't really want to have uh, any sort of uh, interruption or any sort of uh, ruling by anyone on how they should do things. So that's always been an issue with wrestling, not just here, as I said, in Australia, but right around the world. So I thought it was a good opportunity for the promoters to get together and basically put together, as we said, a minimum set of standards. From that, uh, I then went on the website the week after. Uh, sorry, the website. I went on our show the week after and discussed the fact that I'd spoken about it and this was something that was going to happen down the track. In hindsight, if we look at it, we probably should have withheld that chat until at least we had the interview, uh, sorry, the website up and running so people could get more information and probably until more promotions had actually been spoken to about what this was going to be and how this was going to run. So we, if you could turn back time, we'd probably do that a little bit differently, but that's the way it is. It got out there. Uh, people have been talking about it, which is great, but whether they've been talking about it in the right way, I think a lot have. I think a lot haven't. So this is the opportunity, as, uh, as we said earlier, to sort of try and dispel any theories. But that's how it started. It was just simply from a conversation with, with Rowdy and Tricky on Zoom after doing uh, their training night. And yeah, they asked me if I'd be interested in looking at running it because Rowdy didn't believe that it could be run by promotion. And that's correct. It couldn't be. You couldn't have PCW or MCW or DMDU or whoever running it and then trying to expect everyone would fall in line with that. So it needed an independent person running it. And I was happy to take that job up. Yeah. And, and what, what qualifies you 
to be the head or the face of this. Like, I know we have the joke, long-running joke on the podcast, you know, you used to be a wrestling promoter and, you know, hot dogs and handshakes and, you know, the wrestling commentary and stuff. But maybe not a lot of people that listen to our show actually know the many hats you wear in your day-to-day life. Um, Do you want to expand on that that stuff that you can bring all this uh, experience, you know, not just from a wrestling podcast or running shows in wrestling tents, uh, circus tents and stuff like that. Um, yeah, you just want to speak on the qualifications that, you know, you're the right man for this job. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and, and let me say straight from the top, though, that if anyone believes that they can do the job better or wants the job, I, I won't be standing in anyone's way. I'm only here to get this up and running. And if it means that I'm the chairman for the next five to 10 years, well, so be it. But if I only do it and get it up and running and then someone takes over after that, I'm more than happy to. But the one thing that we have to remember is the word independent. This has to be somebody who isn't involved with any promotion. And I'm definitely that. While we promote as many promotions as we can and as many wrestlers as we can on the, on the program, I'm not employed. I'm not a spokesman for I'm not a lover of any promotion. I'm just a lover of wrestling. And that's off the top. Uh, In regards to my qualifications, I've been a member of the Western Region Football League Junior Administration Board for uh, a seven-year period. I was president of a footy club and a cricket club for four and five years of both. Uh, I've been involved in lots of committees, school committees, and all that sort of stuff. So I understand how committees work. I understand the politics behind committees and all that sort of stuff and how to work with that, having been involved with committees for the best part of 25 to 30 years of my life. Uh, and I think that's probably the biggest thing that I bring to the role is that I can act sincerely as a mediator to all promotions out there in Victoria. And that's what this role needs. It needs someone who can have a totally objective look at something and say, right, I'm, and by no means do I profess to know what promotions nowadays need. As you said, Lyle, I was involved in promotions 25 years ago, but what runs a promotion now is totally different to what ran a promotion then. I don't profess to know that. That's why anything that any... Any motion that is put forward, any motion that is voted on, is voted on by the promoters of the business and people in the industry, not by me. I'm only there to act as a mediator and a chairperson to basically say, right, you've had your two minutes, time to move on. Yeah, that's not the right way to do things. Can you sell That sort of stuff. So if you want to use me as an example in Parliament, I'm the Speaker of the House to an extent. But uh, and, and once again, I come to that role with a bit of experience of having been involved in committees and the like. But, yeah, besides the fact that I don't have any current wrestling experience, I don't think this role needs anyone who has that. Um, so the two promotions so far that have jumped on board are um, two of the more conservative promotions, you'd say, in Melbourne wrestling. Um, is there a possibility that the committee could be used to to ban some of the more alternative types of professional wrestling and by that i mean things like the intergender wrestling and 
uh, hardcore wrestling and deathmatch wrestling and things like that. Okay. A couple of things there that we can knock straight on the head, I reckon, Walshy. You're right. MCW and PCW are the two companies that have initially chatted about putting this together. Uh, based on that, though, I think we're in a, an amazing situation here in Victoria that all our promotions are doing a fantastic job in doing what they're doing. And I think the example of that is that every promotion has been asked to become a part of this. Maybe not hasn't maybe hasn't the phone hasn't rung for them and they've been physically asked by me to do that. But I can tell you now that every promotion here in Victoria is welcome on this committee. Now, if there was a promotion that was doing the wrong thing and doing it wrong now, that probably wouldn't be the case because we would know that they probably wouldn't come into line and what would be the use. But every promotion in Victoria is entitled to be a part of this committee. Uh, the next part of your question was, can this be used to benefit them? No, would it be used? Is there a possibility it gets hijacked to um, sort of ban some of the more alternative oh, yes, styles sorry. of wrestling? Okay. The one thing that this committee isn't setting out to do, is my understanding of the actual charter of the committee, and once again, this is something that's going to be voted for by all the people that come on board. But my understanding of this is it is not there to run promotions. So how promotions run is totally up to them. If they're going to use fluoro tubes, if they're going to have intergender matches, all that sort of stuff, that's totally up to them. This hasn't been set up to tell wrestlers how much they should charge or all that sort of stuff. This is just purely focused on the safety aspects of wrestling. And the reason being, and we've seen it, we've seen it happen overseas, we've seen it happen in America and the like. But if one bad thing was to happen here in Victoria, the government would have a perfect opportunity to ban professional wrestling. They could turn around and say, Rightio, you've had two massive injuries in the past two weeks. It doesn't look like professional wrestling safe. You're under your own regulations. We're banning professional wrestling here in Victoria before something else happens, before somebody dies, whatever, whatever happens. And I'm, and I'm just saying this as an example. I pray to God it never does happen. By having this set up with a group of promotions, the promoters then have the opportunity to go to Victoria government and say, hang on, we actually run under these set of rules. We do regulate ourselves. We do have safety objectives. What has happened was purely an accident or what was happened happened by a rogue promoter who doesn't adhere. Why should we cop the penalties because of what may have happened or why should we cop the penalties because we are trying to make sure that we have a safe environment. So it's sort of, once again, future-proofing wrestling here in Victoria, making sure that nothing bad can happen to the promoter's investments. Um, we're talking a lot about this, the health and safety of wrestlers. Um, is it a bit disingenuous to have promotions um, spearheading this rather than having you know, the talent who are affect, who could be affected spearheading it? Like, will, will wrestlers have um, a voice on this committee or are they going they to be will. dictated to? Yeah, they will, Walshie. There's no doubt about that. At the moment, we've spoken about promoters, but wrestlers will be offered a vote on this committee so they will have a say. Uh, and I ask all wrestlers, anyone who would want to be involved with it, you're more than welcome to get in touch with me and put your name forward as a nomination whether that be a male wrestler, a female wrestler, whatever it might be, 
But like all promotions, the wrestlers will only have one vote. And one thing we should dispel also, there's been some talk out there about the fact that if you have a promotion and if you have a school, does that give you two votes on this committee? I can categorically say that is incorrect. One vote for one company. And that even comes under the extent that if one company owns three promotions, they will only have one vote because we can't have a weighted committee based to one to one side. This is everybody having a say and everybody having an equal say. And the wrestlers are very much a part of that. Well, she, there's no doubt about it. I mean, when we're the wrestlers only about get, their safety. Yeah, but if they only get one vote, is that that's still heavily weighted against them, isn't it? No, not necessarily, mate, because every other promotion only gets one vote. So why should the wrestlers get more? Because there's more of them. Um, yeah, but if it wasn't for the promoters, there wouldn't be wrestlers. So is it the chicken or the egg, mate? Um, you mentioned female wrestlers, and um, obviously on the back of speaking out and um, a lot of the issues that we've had um, with the safety of women's wrestlers um, and women's members of the crowd, um, what's going to be the representation of females on this committee? Because there aren't any female promoters. Um, so, yeah, like who... I don't, like, I don't know if women will be comfortable having men sitting at a table making decisions on what's safe for them. Okay, so put up a female as the wrestler representative, Brent, if that's the way. Uh, the other thing also is that wrestlers will also have the opportunity to speak to other wrestlers. So it's the same as the promoters. Nothing will be voted on until everyone has gone back to their people. But we don't want 30, 40, 50 people in a room to try and organise this. So that's why we're limiting it to one person per promotion or one wrestler in this case also just in there to vote. Everyone else will step out of the room at some point when all, once all the motions are put forward. They'll be able to step out and talk to their other people via phone or if the other people are there, they can chat between themselves and then come in and vote on the motions themselves. I, no would, suge- that at all. I would suggest legislating to ensure there is a, a female on that committee. To, well, to be that's honest. maybe something we need to do. But, well, she, as I said, I'm not the one that's making the rules here. This will be the rules by the promoters. So if the promoters want that to happen, more than happy for it to happen. I haven't got an issue with it. And I'll continue on the same thing. Well, we gonna... also should say, too, that from my understanding is with the speaking out movement from 12 months ago, every wrestling promotion in Victoria at that point in time signalled that they would try and do better than what they were doing. And this is a perfect opportunity for that to happen because a part of this also could be a whistleblower situation. And definitely that's something that, you know, we can see taking place or we have seen taking place in the last 12 months. Will there be specific policies to ensure safety of women's wrestlers in the ring backstage with fans at the merch table? Because it is a it is an issue. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And this could act as, a, as an area that women if they felt unsafe in a dressing room, could possibly bring that forward to this committee for the point to be brought out or, or even forward to me as the commissioner, if that may be the case, to have a you know someone to speak to if they need to. I'm sure that there'd be a lot of situations where uh, women have felt that they haven't been able to speak to anyone on things that have happened in the room. As an independent, maybe that becomes the role of that commissioner. It'd be nice to um, get that meet and greet uh, merch table cleaned up. Uh, yeah, can make uh, us guys 
uncomfortable seeing some stuff, let alone being well. I mean, it's up for us women guys to say something if we yeah, see. No, it. true. Obviously, call that stuff out. And um, but once again, Lyle, that's not going to be the role of this. No, I, I understand. I can't that. see you know cleaning up merchandise as being the role of this committee. That's something. No, maybe it's just the way setting up merchandise stands and how they yeah. handle meet and greets. Maybe that could be part of the protection. Um, along those same lines of the speaking out and, you know, maybe it's bullying or harassing uh, mentality and, you know, pylons on Twitter. What authority is this group going to be able to have to, you know, hand out, I don't know if it's reprimanding a promotion because they've let a talent uh, harass someone. What's the authority uh, of, of this group? Once again, that'll be up to the group to decide, Lol. I don't have that answer. Uh, the thing you've got to remember too is this has only been in the works for the last four weeks, five weeks. So I don't profess to have all the answers to something like that. But what I could see as being the case is that everyone, every promotion that signs up and is a part of the APWSC, the Australian Professional Wrestling Standard Committee, if someone was to violate the motions that have been put forward and it was to break rank, I would think that the other promotions would be pretty pissed off about that and there would be some sort of whether, depending on the severity of what had happened but it will either be as minimal as a warning to as far as, you know, maybe expelling them from the committee and, 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 that, and that may not mean much to people but what I hope with this in the future is that wrestlers, promoters, crowd, fans, all that get the opportunity to make a choice that the promotions that have signed up to this charter are fed income about their safety as a whole. And they are fed income about the promotion and the safety and the future of wrestling as a whole. And the ones that don't maybe aren't as serious. Um, you touched on it earlier, but um, a lot of the things I'm hearing from promotions is that there's a bit of um, a bit of weary, weariness that um, they haven't been consulted. And how are they going to be? How are you going to reach out to them to to get a conversation going? Like, um, because yeah, I think a lot of them will be expecting you to go to them rather than them come to you. Yeah. Well. Well, she, I don't have everyone's number. I'm not involved with the promotion of wrestling, uh, so I don't have... I've spoken to a couple of promoters already, people that I do have contact to, but I don't have everyone's number. So what I would ask everyone to do is to go onto the website. If they want, they can register via an application if they want, and I'm more than happy to chat to them. They can get in touch with me via the On The Turnbuckle uh, socials, and I'm more than happy to chat to them. If they can provide me with who I need to chat to and a number, I'm more than happy to help them out. But, uh, yeah, uh, but I don't know if this needs me to ring everybody. Uh, the information initially you require is on the website, and if you've got questions, more than happy for you to put them forward. But if it means that I have to speak to everyone, I'm more than happy to do that to get the, the group together. Yeah. Just just on the on the rollout, because oh, from my point of view, I think it was, yeah, you spoke on it earlier, maybe 
let the cat out of the bag a bit early. But man, Not people talking may, long. Yeah, it may take fifteen may take fifteen minutes or twenty minutes to get everyone's email address off websites or Facebook. You know, what is it? Ten promotions in Victoria at the no, guest. It's about twenty five. Twenty five. <laughs> well, all right. So let's say it takes an hour out of your day. Get everyone's email address, fire off all the information that you guys have got, links to the website, so then everyone feels included because, you know, what we're hearing behind the scenes is some promotions are weary because, uh, like, hey, no one's contacted us, but we've heard something's going on. Like, yeah, you know, could that have been handled? Yeah, obviously it could have been handled Yeah, it could better. have been. I, I said that um, before, Lyle. You know, like, you know, if we just hunt all the email addresses, shoot out all the information, and then, you know, it's all, all well and good saying here, you know, you know, contact the website or, you know, hit me up. Um, I think if you get in front of it and you give everyone the information, um, yeah, then they, they'll come to you. Can I tell you, Lyle, I wouldn't even know the initials of every promotion here in Victoria because yeah. I'm sure that there's some that I wouldn't get to who would still feel aggrieved by the fact that they wouldn't be asked. <laughs> so the offer yeah, is there. If anyone would like to speak to me, you can hit us up here on, on the turnbuckle. And I'd be more than happy to give my phone number. Except I don't want Jeff to know it from <laughs> WrestleBrainia. So I'm withholding that information at the moment. But look, I'll give you my, I'm more than happy to give you my personal email if you'd like. You can contact me at tony.shebeki. That's S C H I B E C I. So tony.shebeki at me, M E.com. Send me an email, drop me a line, send me your phone number. More than happy to give you a call and have a chat. Um, is there any idea of what will happen around touring wrestling companies, um, like a World Series wrestling, or a promoter who's running a, a one-off show? No, uh, no, I don't think that's been looked into as such. Well, she, I think that once again, and I go to the fact that this is four or five weeks old, so it's while it's a, a great idea, I'm sure there's still a whole lot of things that still need to be looked, at, and that would be one. But we would we would expect that they. The one thing that I will say, though, is that what this will become, hopefully, is that by all the current promotions setting a set of standards for what people need to do, we then hope that the, the website itself becomes a database and an information portal for people who do want to promote here in Victoria. If someone wants to start a brand new promotion, they'll just be able to go to the website and there'll be a, a checklist of things you need to do to start up your promotion. It'll give people a fantastic opportunity to see that because I don't believe that there's that resource at the moment for anyone who would like to start a promotion. Um, if there's a smaller promotion, like or a school, but can't afford defibrillators or can't afford any of the equipment that's deemed a necessity um, by the committee, is there... Um, any assistance is going to be given, and if someone doesn't comply, are they going to be are they going to be penalties? Yeah. Well, she the situation will be is that once again, if a defibrillator is deemed necessary by the seventy five percent majority of promotions, then all the promotions who are a part of the APWSC will need to adhere to that. There'll be a period of probably up to around about three months or four months giving people the opportunity to get that piece of equipment, or there may be an opportunity that the people who are hiring rings or 
even other promotions themselves might be in a position to hire out their defibrillator to those promotions that only do one or two promotions a year but want to be a part of this. So, yeah, while we'll expect everyone to have a defibrillator, if that motion was passed, if that was something that the promotions decided was deemed necessary uh, to happen, then, yeah, there'll be ways around to make sure that everyone uh, is able to be compliant. Uh, and, yeah, you'll be given ample opportunity to do that. Uh, once again, uh, and you mentioned that, once again, we don't know what the motions are going to be, mate. There's there's some there's some suggested or example motions on the website, but they may not be actually put up by anyone. They may not be voted in by the by the promotions. This isn't something that you know. There's already been a set of rules that are going to be put forward that everyone gets to vote on. Every promotion will have an opportunity at the summit on the eighth of January. Will have an opportunity to put forward their motions. Once all the motions are put forward, and everyone will have those motions prior anyway, because that'll be part of the uh, agenda and the order of the uh, order of the day. But people will have the opportunity to speak to their motions, and then people will go away. We'll have lunch. You get the opportunity to go away and talk to your people. Then we'll call everyone back, and it'll be quick. It'll be right. Motion number one is this. All those in favour. All those against. Seventy-five percent say yes. Motion carried. That'll. That's how it's going to happen. It'll be nice and simple. If I'm running a promotion that's already safe, I'm already hiring a nurse. I've got a defibrillator. I've got security. I've got fences. Yeah. But I don't want to. But I don't want to join this committee for whatever reason. Um, am I going to be penalised or punished? Well, how can you be? You're penalising or punishing yourself. If possibly, uh, no one else can penalise you or punish you. This this committee doesn't have the authority to penalise or punish anyone who's not involved. If you don't want to be involved, don't be involved. That's fine. But what may happen in time, as things change, is that any protection that is under this committee, and as I said before, any opportunity for a group of promotions to say, hang on, we're doing the right thing, just because they're not, we are, here's our group, you won't be covered under that umbrella. You may find that things like what happened 12 months ago, wrestlers may only go to promotions that are a part of a group like this because they know that they'll feel safe under the rules. Yeah, sure, you may run a promotion that is doing that and more. You may be excelling the safety standards. I can't understand then why you wouldn't want to be a part of this. The only reason that would be and this has been the problem with wrestling for a long time, is that you would have an issue with working with other promotions. And that's been the problem with wrestling since Jesus tag-teamed with Moses. It's been going for a long, long time. Wrestlers I, just I think Jesus and Moses were different generations. <laughs> Might have been able. Were, he may have come back. It could have been return. a bigger comeback a than surprise, A surprise return. It could have been uh, a bigger comeback than Edge, let me yeah. tell you. But... What will happen is, is that, uh, yeah, a collective is always going to be better than one-offs. I can't understand why if you're already doing everything, then why you would not put your name to something like this. It would only be because you don't trust other promotions. Yeah. I, just, just getting back to the, it sounds this is really promotional heavy. 
and you're saying talent are only going to have collectively one vote. So it's talking in hypotheticals. Yeah. If everyone agrees, you know, the 75% rule are in agreement to get a motion passed that um, no one can be paid, work a show and be paid less than $50. Say if that's the standard. I know that's probably a high number at this stage. Maybe some guys are working on uh, exposure and hot dogs and handshakes uh, still to this day, which is, you know, borderline criminal. What if the talent don't agree to that and they've only got one vote? Yeah, so that's going to be Lyle, if there is Lyle, 25. Lyle, I'll stop you right there, mate. That's not what this committee set out to do. This committee is not set out to set minimum wages, is not set out to tell promotions how to run their promotions. This committee's only agenda is to set out a minimum safety standard for wrestling in Victoria and hopefully overall in Australia. That is it. The committee so like has said, not been set up. If, if a couple of wrestling promotions got together behind the scenes and wanted to put forth a motion and all the that motion wrestling... won't even, that might even get voted on, mate, because okay. I won't I, let us. Oh, that's that's all right. I'd so it's safety only. As independent chairman. I can tell you that motion would not even see daylight. All right, that, that's what, that's just looking after the worker side of it. Having you know, not well, in not in this Welsh committee. Correct. If six promotions want to get together at the yeah. lunch break and decide to do that, there's nothing I can do about that. Okay, but that uh, would not be an official yeah. policy of this committee. It just won't be. Uh, I've got I've got one one more hypothetical. Say a motion gets passed to um, all the promotions now have to have a welcome to country ceremony before shows which yep. you know over the over the last couple of years more promotions are getting on board i think it's a great uh you know it's almost the bare minimum we we can do uh to ho- highlight the indigenous uh in our communities um say everyone agrees to it you know this it gets past the 75 percent. hopefully 100 percent agree to it what happens if one promotion doesn't do it or they forget or you know it slips their mind you know What's the repercussions for yeah, not adhering it. to? Uh, I think um, I answered that one before, Lyle. Depending on the severity of what was missed yeah, is what the repercussions of what the committee would do. So if a, if a promotion for six promotions in a row did a welcome to country and then all of a sudden the MC forgot to do it, what are you going to do? You're not going to yeah, yeah, yeah. bland ban them from the committee. You're just going to say, hey, guys, you're just going to be more careful than that. If it happens again... This is what we're all doing. If it happens again, then you know it needs to be highlighted. But yeah, issue a statement and apology, and we'll yeah. do better next time. No, that's right. Um, will the website publish the motions that were voted on and yep. who voted which way? They certainly will. Welsh, yep. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if we'll actually announce what promotions voted yes and no, but the, if if there was twelve. Promotions and the number was 10 2. Yeah, that number would be up there for sure. And, um, uh, sorry, we're talking about vaccinations and things like that. So, actual laws, um, of the land will will that be part of, um, this committee? Like, well, deeming vaccinations must be checked from all people who are attending shows for all. Or workers. My understanding is that's out of the hands of the promoters, and that's definitely the law of the government, isn't it? Yeah. So will that be like put into well, the? Well, if it's the law though? of the government, every every promotion needs to abide by it anyway. 
If you don't, the government's going to shut there's you plenty down. Of, there's plenty of OHS laws that don't get that get ignored. Um, yeah. So I would suggest putting I, that I would suggest formally. I would suggest, as the independent chairman, that yes, that is something that promotions are going to need to look at as a joint resolve as to how all that stuff's being handling with COVID, with vaccinations, all that sort of stuff, not just for the wrestlers, but for workers and for the people coming to watch their shows as well. If the committee agrees that that's something they don't want to do as a collective and they'll each do it individually, then my hands are tied on that. So once again, it'll be up to the committee to agree that, yes, we want to deal with this as a group to say, right, every single promotion in this group, this is how we handle vaccinations. And um, is there a cost involved to promotions? Because a lot of them are running on a shoestring budget. Yep, totally understand that. And uh, there may be. There may be. This is something that's going to be running for 12 months of the year. It's not something that, you know, I should be expected or whoever the chairman may be should be expected to do for free. There'll be nominal costs. I mean, if there's printing of paper and all that sort of stuff, that'll need to be covered and the like. So, yeah, whatever that charge. The committee will decide what that is and they'll... They'll uh, they'll pay it out, but yeah, there's no there's no been no agreement or no figure between me and anyone to be in charge of this. But once again, and nobody else does anything for free, so I wouldn't. But it's not a money it's not a money making exercise at all, mate. If I if I was to make a thousand dollars out of it, I'd be happy for the year. Fifty bucks a week that'd cover me, wouldn't it? Wrestlers are only making that, so (laughs) with um, uh, say. Uh, just a punter in a in a crowd feels uncomfortable or feels unsafe at a show is going to this website. Is there going to be able to put forward? Not, I don't want to, a complaint or, or an issue. And then, are you guys going to have the ability to take it further? Well, the only the only way I reckon we would take it further, Lyle, is that we, if a if a member of the public was to come to myself as the independent chairman and say, hey, this happened to me at this promotion. What are you going to do about it? I think the only thing I could do is just take to the promotion and say, look, this has been put forward to me by this person. What are you going to do? It's in your hands to deal with it. I don't think we're going to be able to deal with it in any other way. But if it became a continual issue and and it was against an issue that had been voted for by the committee, well, yeah, it, it may need to be looked at by the rest of the committee as to how they might look at uh, dealing with it. But it would only be something that the actual committee, if someone came to me and said the pies aren't hot enough in the canteen, <laughs> what do you expect me to do? If someone came up to me and said their beers are $10 a beer, where I can go next door to the bottle shop and get them for three, uh, what do you what do? You do? No, I was, I was, yeah, I'm not talking about that stuff. That Obviously, that's trivial stuff. I just more, you know... Being made to feel unsafe or put put in a in a situation where they weren't comfortable, whether that's with talent or you know, hey, some it's all right for us wrestling fans that go all the time. We know sometimes wrestlers can get into the crowd; they might fall on you. But you and know, that some might be might and that might be the good thing about this committee, Lyle, is that this might be the first time as an opportunity that the crowd have actually had somewhere to take uh, a situation that they may be uncomfortable with. I presume at the moment. The only recourse that they have is that they would take it to the promoter. 
Yeah, and I don't. I don't see it's up that to the promoter as to whether they take it seriously or not. They probably take it's, it, or they or they probably feel that they wouldn't take it seriously, so they just wouldn't even raise it. Yeah, and we start losing people to wrestling because they feel that you know they don't have a voice themselves as fans. Maybe this is the voice of the fans for things like that, where they are, could be then highlighted to the promoter to say, "Hey, look, this complaint's just come through. I'll forward it on to you. Can you please deal with it?" Would the fans be able to get a representative on the committee? No, or I wouldn't have thought so. Look, um, honestly, I think minimum health and safety standards can't be ever a bad thing. Um, I just think it's important that the message is construed to everybody and everybody's equal. Um, and I think you've got a big job ahead of you to do that, to be honest. Um, and I wish you luck. Oh, I'm aware of the challenge ahead. There's no doubt about that, Welshy. But oh, look, my only... The only thing I can say is that I just hope that people aren't looking at what this is due to past experiences that they may have had through wrestling or with wrestling promoters. This, as I said, is something for the future. It's groundbreaking. I don't think anyone has ever done this in the world. Someone tried to do it in the UK and it didn't come, didn't turn out well. They tried, but (laughs) that's what I'm saying. No one's ever done this in the world. So I think this would be fantastic if Victoria, with all eyes on Australia at the moment and our wrestlers, this would be a perfect opportunity for Victorian promotions to stand up and say, hey, we're groundbreaking here. We are doing something for the business that no other promotion in the world is doing. We're actually putting our name as a collective to a document that says this is the minimum standards that we will adhere to as a promotion for ourselves, for our staff, for our wrestlers, and for our fans. And I think that would be a, a beautiful thing to scream from the, uh, from the top of the, the buildings here in Melbourne to tell everyone that we were doing this here in, uh, in Victoria. But once again, that's totally up to the promotions. I'm more than happy to answer your questions. Tony.Shebeki, S-C-H-I-B-E-C-I, at me, me.com. Any queries you might have, give me a yell. If you'd like me to give you a call back, I'm more than happy to. But this summit's going to go ahead on the 8th of January. Time and place to be uh, told, but I think it's going to start at 10 o'clock in the morning and uh, go through into the afternoon with a lunch. Uh, and, yeah, we'll uh, we'll let you know exactly where that's going to be. But it'll go ahead if it goes ahead with two promotions, if it goes ahead with six, if it goes ahead with 12, whatever it might be, 24 We just want everyone to be there to have their voice and have their say in wrestling. You're not adding to the voice of any other promotion. You are having the voice of your promotion. End of story. Thanks, Tony. Well, um, I look forward to hearing what everyone thinks um, when they hear this. And I look forward to seeing who gets on board and, and where this goes. So do I. That was Tony Shebeki joining us here on the Turnbuckle. And welcome back, part two of On the Turnbuckle. Uh, Thank you, boys, for the grilling. Appreciate it. Hope we weren't too hard on you, Tony. No, 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 that's fine. I hope there was some food for thought there and there were some things that you hadn't thought of that got brought up and hopefully 
Um, hopefully there's some information for the people who, who wanted to know more about um, what was involved and what the scope yeah. of, what the, what the reach of the committee is. Yeah, correct. Uh, let's get straight into the rest of the show, guys. Uh, some interesting news about John. Hang on, Moxley. did we introduce Jules or not? Oh, no, I haven't yet, have I? He's flustered. So I normally, He's I normally flustered tell him, all those hard I normally tell him to go at the end He's of the podcast. Flustered. Flustered. I forgot to introduce him. Hello, Jules. How do? Excellent. A very, you, very, very good day to um, especially all the pro vaccination wrestling fans out there. So Hello. English. Very, Very good, day. good day to you. And I'm glad you joined us, Jules, because I'll throw this question to you first up. Uh, sad news, I suppose, about John Moxley and the fact that he's entered, well, good news that he's entered himself into alcohol treatment and, and a program as an inpatient and uh, hopefully any demons that he's uh, currently working with get uh, out of him. Yeah, you, you can only hope they're not like Jeff Hardy-level demons. Um, all the very, very best to him and his family, especially with a, a new child. Uh, the timing with a book coming out uh, and everything going on uh, at AEW, I, I can only hope that everything comes out swiftly, well, and happy. Yeah. Mm. I, just, I, I, I just think how good is it that wrestling can be in a place where one of the top stars... You know, oh no, just get through to the pay-per-view and then we'll we'll deal with it. Um, you know, AEW didn't worry about the pay-per-view when Hangman wanted to go home and be with his um, you know, wife and his new daughter. Um, you know, this it's scary, you know. You know, could you know, ten years ago could have been a lot worse. Um, you know, just push through it, you know, the as a man, just suck it up and get on with it. Um, I did hear an interview with Moxley on the weekend promoting his book. Um, he sounded a bit tired and stuff, but he's moving cross-country at the same time as having a newborn, promoting a book. He's wrestling everywhere on the independence as well. His schedule is full, and he's moving from uh, the East Coast to the West Coast or vice versa, whichever one vice it was. Versa. Uh, yeah, um, at the same time. So he's got a lot going on in his life, and, you know, you know, the drink's got a hold of him, and but to have the support of your company and then fellow wrestlers and wrestling fans getting behind him, I you know, wish him all the best and his family. Obviously, an addiction's a horrible thing, and a lot of people and everyone knows someone who's battled with it. Um, and I think it shows good maturity from Moxley to to take this step, especially because his work. Is that it hasn't impacted his work. Like no one, no fans knew he was dealing with this. Um, maybe his friends definitely probably knew. His employers might have known, but um, it hasn't. It hasn't been obvious from the outside. So I think it's a mature decision to make before it becomes too much to deal with. Yeah, certainly is. Uh, we wish John all the best, and I uh, hope to see him back in the wrestling rings. Uh, of the world very, very soon. New promotion here in Australia, which we uh, announced uh, last week or the week before, the Renegades of Wrestling continue to release new names with their promotion, and a couple of big names in Australian wrestling have been announced this week. Matt Diamond and Royce Chambers are joining the show. Yeah, what a a back-to-back namings. Like, that just... Get the wrestling fans salivating. The booking those that's two match, names to be released. That, that's the match right there. That's smart. 
by the promotion, releasing them back to back because wrestling fans, well, we want to see what they can do in a ring, you know, with the storytelling of a Chris Fresh as well. Um, you know, I think they'll knock it out of the park. It's exciting. Every time, you know, if they're going to release uh, one new worker a week or... Two a know, week it is. Um, two, two a week. I'm excited. Now, tomorrow nice. we should have another one or today. Uh, yeah. yeah, so when this goes out, there should be um, another announcement, which would be um, New South Wales wrestler, Tali, um, who's been out injured for a while. So um, she's a very popular wrestler i know she's when she's came down to melbourne the crowd have been really happy to see her she's got amazing chemistry with avery so i feel like those two um going at it is something i've seen twice and and need to see more of so um i'm looking forward to tali back in the ring and back in a ring all around australia and getting a platform um getting a bigger platform because uh she hasn't had the opportunities to work for some of the major promotions a lot. And um, this will be huge. Well, she with the scoops. I liked They didn't even give us the heads up. He just kept that one to himself. Very good. I wanted a uh, genuine reaction. We yeah, haven't, no, was, we haven't beaten one. Renegades to the announcement, have we? No, no, no. That'll come out at 11 o'clock and we'll, we'll drop after that. So oh, I was going to put this out. I was going to put this out at 10. Yeah, you can, you watch Shabiki scoop now. That's embargo. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's good. Like if, you know, she's been out of the ring, but if you followed her online, um, she's super creative. Um, so, yeah, this is exciting. Another exciting oh, announcement. The horror stuff she's been posting on Twitter has been top class. I, I hope that that leads to something and, it, and it's part of what she does. But, yeah, I'm, I'm super looking forward to that. From one solid promotion to another one that's getting bigger every day, and uh, that is DMDU and the announcement of their deathmatch tournament. And the entrance in that, that looks to be spectacular. You'll be uh, going there one, with a the blindfold on, Lyle. The one, um, the one that I'm really interested in is Mad Dog versus Vixen in the first yeah. round. Go um, big from the first round. That's amazing. That's, uh, <laughs> no love lost they've, there. They've, they've been in the ring a few times, but um, I don't think uh, there's going to be any punches pulled and that's going to be a really interesting match depending on what the... It won't matter what the um, stipulation is either. That's gonna and there's gonna be some fun stipulations in this tournament. You can, you, you just know it. Yeah. Well, the the first round stipulations are still yet to be announced. I know, um, DMD, you're gonna have some fun with it. Um, I'm I'm really excited to see Atlas back in that environment. Like he blew. Isn't he getting murdered by Guido though? He'll be murdered. Don't worry about that. But he he held his own against uh, Joel. You know, it was a last minute call up. Uh, um, earlier in the year. I'm a Guido Stan, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> well, that mullet, that's a that's a thing of beauty. Um, so I'm really interested to see him back it up and, you know, I think he could be the sneaky favourite, going um, fan favourite uh, going, into, going into this. He has the fans behind him um, from his last show. So, yeah, this is good. I, I'm, I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to the creative stipulations that are going to be announced in the lead up. It's only is it two and a half weeks away, three and a half weeks away to the show. The uh, on the twentieth. I'm not even sure. Yeah, it's on the twentieth of November at the Arrow. So, yeah, uh, it's yeah. exciting. It's one of those those brackets where you look at it and you can see the favourites. You know who the favourites are quite easily. But then you look at someone like Atlas and you think that could be a wild card. It could happen. 
give the fans yeah, what I they mean, want. I could see the underdog winning uh, a lot of those matches. So just fill me in. Is this tournament going to be all done in one night? Or just the opening uh, two, matches on the first two, one night? It's a weekend, isn't it? Is it okay? So similar to the last tournament they ran. I was I'm not say, sure. I thought that these two would have done their research. You come with one scoop and you don't have to do I, research. I only, uh, and I've never done me, research I might have been, I might have been looking at it wrong, but I only saw one date when I saw it announced. Oh, that's I, I will I say that after the long weekend, I don't even know what day it is. And after so many like lockdown <laughs> cancellations, reschedules and, and redoing, like is WrestleBrainia running? I, I don't even know. Um, I know it's running. Well, we have to defend our title. Sorry, Jeff. Mm. Yeah, are you guys now. looking something up or are we just not oh, I think talking? it's only on the same night. It threw me because I was only expecting to be one night. But when Yeah, you that, but that, that's, and that's what I think like too. I mean, you can't, you can't run the tournament in one night, can you? Maybe they are. Well, that's what I was asking. But it's, it's only it's an eight-man tournament, so... It's that. Joel, let us know. <laughs> yeah, we'll let everyone know next week. <laughs> just edit uh, the answer in later. Yes. We should we should run off the back of this uh, DDT over in Japan while we're talking about DMDU, and they ran their Tokyo Dome Cup. Uh, Jules, you watched a lot of it. I think Lyle and I saw bits and pieces of it on YouTube, and I saw none of it. And uh, that's why I didn't include you in Royce the discussion. <laughs> Amazing stuff. For those that didn't see it, it was run in the Tokyo Dome Baseball Stadium. There was no ring. They used the bases as the extremes of the ring. So blokes were tap, tapping bases and then holes had to be broken because it was like they'd grabbed a ring. They were going upstairs, fighting in front of empty concession stands because there was no crowd. It was amazing, Jules. This is something that could be done in Melbourne, Tony, surely. If only we knew someone who had some connections in the MCG. If only we knew that the, if the Australian Baseball League wasn't running this season as well and that stadium would be totally empty. If only. I, I have to say, uh, the two shows that were run on the same night in a baseball stadium, and, and I'm sure we'll get to Atsushi Anita later, but um, it, it was incredible. Like The, the fact that um, Yuki Ino does the, his version of the people's elbow and he just normally does it in a ring in the, in the same way as the rock would. But he's doing that, running to like second base and then back to first base <laughs> and then back to second base and then stopping to drop the elbow is the most ridiculous move I've seen in wrestling of all time. Um, it, it was outrageous. There was, there was some actual baseball. There was like cricket using a bowling ball and a Singapore cane. Um, there was a bicycle. He's got a bicycle. There was... <laughs> Honestly, the silliest event that, that I've seen, but but for me, that's odd because was... that's odd because usually DDT is known for its wrist locks and um, <laughs> work rate and and takedowns. <laughs> there was some actual wrestling in there, and I've got to say, when it comes Marginal. to technical wrestling, the highlight was Yoshihiko doing a a very good plancher from from the stands onto the actual ground, um, throwing some pretty stiff punches, but then doing a text textbook armbar. It's one of the best executed armbars you'll ever see, and that's why Yoshihiko is the greatest pro wrestler I, in the world. I, I enjoyed it when um, when Suzuki um, was was wrestling, and he went up into the crowd, and then they went into the hallway, and the, the two wrestlers were pushing themselves in. The... That was 2017. 
Oh, was it? Oh, I was watching the wrong one. I wondered Tony, why you, you were watching it on YouTube. Oh, you Tony, you sent me the link. And I didn't I'm send you the link. I'm just going to YouTube and keep oh, missing. I was wondering why I was... Uh, wow. Well, well, I've reviewed uh, 2017, so... Oh, I'll Maybe be watching 2021. I, watched, I was like, I'm paying for Wrestle Universe. And My dog's like... not happy with this. Oh, Tony, why are you sending me... Well, it's better than the links you normally send me, so... And I'm, um, and, sorry, and I'm meant to know, am I, Lyle? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was what? Well, it all sounded right because they were they were using it's the their... same event though. To be fair. you're one of those no, guys. No. You're one of those guys, guys, Lyle, um, in that accidentally watches the year before's grand final on um. No on spoilers. No spoilers, please. I still haven't seen this year's. Um, well, it, hey, 2017 was a really good show. I'm looking forward to catching 2021. The first time I do research on wrestling, other than a 30-minute WWE show, (laughs) and I watched Uh, one from four years ago. I mean, it's not exactly research. Like, that'd be like me coming in and giving a a WrestleMania 17 review. It's like, you know, it's... it's, Well, it had all the... Well, it's DDT, so it is hard. It's like, you know, I was like, oh, June Kasai working behind the concessions to him. This is funny. This I is really it. good. Um, pushing each other, Suzuki and the other wrestler, pushing each other out of the way because they're petrified of the Thai kickboxer. This is really good TDT shit. Ah, oh, bloody hell, Tony. Well, I Dumb enjoyed it. Um, Dumb and dumber. I don't, I don't think the podcast been around long enough for us to review the 2017 show. So. You might have to do that, a special edition. I'm going to subscribe back to uh, Wrestle Universe again and watch it now. Uh, I tell you, there's good reason as well because they've got the um, like kind of their version of the G1 uh, started yesterday. So um, twelve people, um, block A, block B, uh, leading up towards the end of the year. So it, it is a good time to subscribe, and you don't have to pay anything for the rest of 2021. Uh, while we're in Japan, what uh, about the New Japan Power Struggle on Saturday nights? Oh, I'm looking forward to this. I'm not even going out Saturday night. I'm watching this live. There's no so one invites good... you anywhere anyway. I'm not going out. I can invite myself out and go somewhere on my own or, you know, someone's husband may have gone out and that means wives need to go out somewhere. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You know, obviously with Robbie in his second title defense of the junior title against El Desperado. We're all looking forward to that. That's going to be a banger, um, you know. But up and down the card, I'm excited for all of it. Yeah, you know, um, back in the day, old Desperado was Tony's nickname at the old over twenty eights nightclubs. At Silvers in Turak. Silvers Turak. I used to walk in and they used to start singing El Desperado. Well, are you are you auditioning for a gig as a wrestle rock commentator? Though? <laughs> you should be the masked singer. But um, talking about people who can't go out, it's me at the moment because someone tried to steal money out of my account this morning. It was a good way to start the day, and now I've had to cancel my card. So, you know, hmm. whoever wanted to take eighty bucks out of my account, thanks for that. Do you need twenty? No, no, I'm good. I just can't use my hmm. cards. I'll just see if Lyle will be able to spare it. I'll send it to his account now. He won't be able to get it out for a couple of no, days. He won't be able to get it. I'll have to go into the bank. 
Oh, with the bank book. <laughs> One of those chests. <laughs> Do they still have those? You can still walk into a bank? Uh, I assume you can walk into a bank. Uh, fair enough. Well, get, getting back to the power struggle, uh, Jules. Yes, Jules, is there anything you would like to add about Saturday night? <laughs> Oh, look, I, th- I think well, look, I'm expecting a bit of heartbreak and shenanigans in Robbie's match. Um, look, heartbreak? He's only the, no he's only, he's only the fifth double champion in junior heavyweight history. Um, so how long that's going to go on for, I don't know. I ju- it's just really hard. When you when you go up against Suzuki-Goon, then, you know, at some point something's going something's gonna to go wrong. Surely so, he keeps that belt to, the, to, to kingdom. Surely. I, I would love that, but I have to prepare myself emotionally. Yeah, but but look, it, it's there's like five belts on the trophy on the line. It's it's a, it's a super stacked card, and you've got Zach versus Shingo, which is playing off when they wrestled in in Germany in two thousand and nine. Um, and I'm expecting Zach to a more heartbreak there for me because look, I think <laughs> Zach and Shibata is a better story because Zach and Shibata used to battle over the Rev Pro um, British heavyweight title. And obviously that exhibition match that they had harked back to the, that rivalry. So, yeah. Look, Zack Sabre Jones losing is a good news story in my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. The king, the king of pro wrestling, um, Yano versus the great Okan. Is it? Have they amateur, announced uh, a stipulation that amateur yeah, wrestling? Or two two rounds of feet? three minutes. Yeah. yeah. Kiss my feet uh, stipulation and amateur wrestling. Uh, which, you know, Yano's a great amateur wrestler, so that should be fun for all the wrong reasons that are right. Uh, Tanahashi, the US IWGP title versus Kenta. I, I love Tana. He's going he's gonna to tell that amazing story in the ring, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, how, how weird is it that that's probably the build-up to the big match, which is him against Chase Owens for the US title? That's insane. Um. Tanahashi can pull it off, I have no doubt. Uh, he's going to make me want to see a Chase Owens match. So, uh, <laughs> Okada versus Tamatonga, um, you know, for the dome contract. Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of stipulations in these. I, and, I really uh, love what they're actually doing there. It makes sense that, that Okada versus Tamatonga is for the Money in the Bank IWGP heavyweight briefcase belt contract. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but, but, but you know, aside from the madness, it's actually how the IWGP belt used to be presented as the the winner of the G1. So it, it's actually super long term storytelling to bring back the V4 title to represent the fact that you've won the G1 rather than a, a stupid briefcase that gets dented every year because you hit someone in the head with it. Yeah. Anyway, who got- keeps contracts in briefcases these days? You just have a thumb drive, wouldn't you? Who keeps Does contracts? That- full stop. Doesn't, doesn't a lawyer Not just WWE, that's for sure. <laughs> and you got Will Ospreay in there throwing barbs back and forth, you know, fake titles and all this. Yeah, I, I, how convoluted it seemed at the start, I think it's slowly taking shape and we're seeing where it's going. And, hey, please don't doubt uh, Gato's booking. I think he, he can pull it off in the end. And with the mandates being relaxed in um, Japan, with the crowds being able to be lifted, and hopefully we get rid of the clap crowds soon. Um, crap crowds. Clap, 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 clap. I'm not talking about talking about a BCW event here. Um, 
yeah, so Wrestle Kingdom should be a banger. Uh, AEW are building up to one of their big nights of the year, Full Gear. Yeah, this is this is uh, like one good. of my big nights. <laughs> not on the gear. It's called Full Gear. Uh, that's not what he meant, Tony. Leave, leave a little bit to the imagination. Leave. Come on, Come on Tony. Yeah, he means he I goes love people who, I love people. I love people who like explain jokes to make them less funny. <laughs> well, well, what she just likes to wear all the gear, like uh, as we yeah. say in the uh, in the UK, a full kit, oh. a full kit wanker, full kit wanker. <laughs> <laughs> all the gear, no idea. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's me on a golf course. Because um, you want a yeah, footy field. Well, uh, <laughs> I did always have white boots on, which is a bit of a flog thing. Um, yeah, the build-up to Kenny Omega uh, versus Hangman. Um, I'm really enjoying it. The Hangman reveal at the end of the uh, the ten man match on did we Dynamite. Need, did we need two um, mask reveals in the one show? Did you watch the show, or did you just see it on GIF form? I watched the highlights of the show. I just think well, it's then, um, then, then strange it to go with it. I, I think it's I, strange I, to go twice with. Uh, with, a, with I, a I watched mask the reveal. whole. Uh, two-hour show, and they were both amazing. And I didn't even think about it that there was two of them until it was brought up on wrestling Twitter, which is a fucking cesspool anyway. Um, but if you didn't watch the show, um, I don't watch I don't any know. shows it, anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it was a fun wrestling show. The Hangman reveal at the end um, was amazing. He's white hot again. It's only taken him three weeks to get him back there with another week and a half to get him even hotter when he kicks out of the one-winged angel and takes that belt off Kenny Omega. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I've seen someone on Twitter say then they should have um, MJF cash in his uh, number one contender spot and take the title straight off Hangman the next week. True WWE fan take there. Um, No, no, that's just a keep the chase going fan. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's not bad storytelling. It's not WWE storytelling. No, that's that goes WWE way back. Storytelling. That give goes the way fans, back. Give the fans what they want for a while. Hangman deserves it. Wrestling fans deserve to have fun. Um, and that's what watching AEW is at the minute. So, um, obviously, Mox, you know, in the in the Contenders tournament, he's not going to be there. So, I'm not sure how they're going to work that. You know, it was leading probably to the Mox and Danielson match at full gear. So, obviously, that bit of um, sidestepping there will happen. Britt Baker versus Tay Conti looks amazing. Um, the storytelling there. Britt is on another level. Um, yeah. The match won't be amazing. Who cares? <laughs> You're a storyline guy. You're not even a match guy. So what are you talking about? You're a storyline guy. You watch this story? The story no, that's beautiful. I told you, I'm not watching any stories. At the well, moment. then, what are you talking about then? You say I'm waiting you're a story for, guy. I'm waiting to be able to go to Australian wrestling. <laughs> well, have you got your ticket to PCW yet? Speaking they, haven't of, give, they haven't given me one yet. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of wrestling Twitter, oh, here we go. Jules, what are you doing? Yeah. Starting fights. Starting fights. <laughs> you, know, you know how Twitter works, and you see stuff that you didn't really want to see because somebody else that you follow liked it or responded mm. yeah look i i think i think the, the the point is pretty clear look when it comes to the melbourne cup and um the public holidays like, <laughs> the, the more visible opposition to something 
is when the audience is at its biggest. So, so look, here's an example. You don't see many complain, many people complaining about a WWE house show and how it's booked. But when you've got a build-up to WrestleMania 30, wrestling Twitter's on fire with people saying how shit it is that Daniel Bryan's not being booked properly. So it'll be I hard think, for him to be booked properly there now. <laughs> so, so that's that's kind of the, the the point that's being made is uh, the reason why you see more people opposing the Melbourne Cup, and I love people who love horse racing, so it's not not about that. But you see more of that when it's at its highest and when it's at its most popular. But the argument that says you oppose horse racing, so you must oppose the concept of public holidays, is uh, is like saying if you don't if you don't go to church and put money in the collection plate, then you uh, hate Christmas presents. So. Uh, sometimes I have to stick my neck out. Uh, this time it didn't really work out very well. Well, it's true. I don't go. To, I don't go to. Um, I don't go to. I don't enjoy Australia Day, but I'm not working that day because I don't have to. <laughs> and that's. <laughs> but I still prefer them. Still prefer them to change the day. Well, yes, of course. Um, yeah, oh, it's, yeah. Bit of a uh, bit of banter on tw- in the wrestling Twitter. That's oh, always going to get everyone eventually. Uh, one day we'll have to explain to people how Twitter algorithms work. You don't need to be following someone to see their tweets. Mm. <laughs> All right, only one event. Thank you for that explanation, Jules. Only one event in Australia this weekend, and that's on Saturday well, night. There's probably seven, and Lyle couldn't find any. So everyone had their their Halloween show last week. You can have it on my good authority. There's only one event that I found. And that is Revsil Rampage, their final showdown at Cosgrove Hall on Saturday night. Boys, always a pleasure to be a part of you. I believe um, Wright City Wrestling. Right? I don't think I did. You don't say much, right? Let's face always it. Always a pleasure to be a part of you. No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> like, When did this start happening? Wright City Wrestling got their latest show up on YouTube as of either today or yesterday um, with the Rumble. So. Check that out if you want to watch some wrestling on the weekend as well. Catch us next week. And we'll catch you next week right here on the Turnbuckle.